Hello everybody, and welcome back to Straight Outta Cloyne, with me, your host, of course, Dylan Turl-Reeve. Yes, I'm uploading on a Monday, because as I've just kicked my table, this week I am off on midterm break, which is absolutely fantastic. I feel like I badly needed a week to clear my head. Fucking college, as much as I love it, has really been making me very tired recently and I'm recording this Sunday night and I just feel so refreshed at the moment. I honestly feel so great. I haven't felt this great in in a while in terms of how rested I feel. And I thought fuck it, since I'm off I may as well put out a little bonus episode and you know not everybody is off this week so I said fuck it, you know let's put out a Monday episode and the usual Friday episode so that people have something to listen to on a Monday and to enjoy on a Monday and Friday we can have the same old crack that we normally have on that day. Today, I am doing something very, very interesting and something that did scare me when I thought of the idea, but I said, fuck it, let's go with it. I recently put up a story on Instagram. I say recently, it was only a few hours ago. uh, Asking people to... I'll actually get up exactly what the story said, just to make sure... Uh, that I'm doing it justice. So as I get my phone here and open up the grams, let's click on my story. And I said, I will discuss the first three topics suggested below no matter what they are. So I have left it up to everyone uh, who saw that story to leave a suggestion of a topic I will discuss this week. And I would discuss the first three that came up on my feed. I was petrified. I was petrified when this came up there was some very good ones that unfortunately didn't make the top three there was some other ones i'm glad didn't make the top three there was one in particular that i don't really understand why someone wanted me to talk about because i've explained to them many times i don't want to talk about that stuff on platforms it's not as bad as it sounds it's just a very strange thing to be asking someone to talk about on a public platform anyway I digress. Without further ado, let's get into the three topics that you have suggested for me to talk about this week. The first one comes in from Rory. And his topic that he wanted me to talk about is beans. I've had a love-hate relationship with beans, to be quite honest. I can't tell if I like them or not. I just, I just don't know, as my Outlook account settings are now out of date. Thank you for doing that whilst I'm recording. But I've, I've always been a bit weird at beans. Like, if they're on my plate, I don't complain. But I've never once said, Christ, I'd love a few beans. I'd love to eat some beans right now. Like, beans on toast is nice, don't get me wrong. It's simple, but it's nice. But I've never once thought I'd love some fucking beans on toast right now. They're just a very interesting food. It's funny, actually, because, you know, Heinz beans are, are the ones that um, that always pop to mind when I, th- when I think of beans. Not that I think of them often, but whenever I do think about beans, that's normally what pops into my head. And it was funny. I remember one time being in fifth year, and, like, I, I should probably mention here that Despite these topics being suggested, I'm probably going to go off on other tangents. So, maybe I should 
preface that, that I'm going to probably just end up talking about stuff that's not really related to the beans, or to the beans, to the topic, but fuck it, let's just, let's just keep going. So, we were in fifth year, and we had this English teacher, <coughs> excuse me, English teacher, do I mention him? Do I mention him by name? He had a fairly generic last name, listen, his name was Mr. Hayden, and he was just a really strange guy. Like, not a bad guy, by any stretch of the imagination. Like, he wasn't, like, mean or anything. He wasn't even, you know, an asshole of a teacher. He was just very, very strange. Like, there was one time where he just went off on a tangent about something. And I can't remember what was actually asked. Someone asked him a question with something to do with the paper we were writing. And he somehow ended up talking about going on a night out in the city where you end up getting a bottle smashed over your head. And a lot of us, I think, had zoned out of what he was saying because he just went on for so long. And then we we, we heard that and we all kind of looked around and went, how the fuck did we get there? Like, how the fuck did we go from, hey, how do we write this part of the paper to, yeah, lads, sometimes you might be up in the city and before you know it, you've got a bottle smashed over your head, which thankfully... Let's touch wood. Has not happened to me. That's one thing that has not happened to me on a night out anywhere. Is having a bottle smashed over my head. But it was just kind of weird that he did that. But the reason that Beans has got has led me on to this is because I remember he showed us a documentary before. I'm sure some of you might have seen it. It was called The Boy Whose Skin Fell Off. And it was about this man who was from the... From up around the England-Scotland border... And he had a rare condition, which meant he had a skin condition. Let's just say that. I feel a bit sick talking about it. But and listen, all respect to that guy for what he had to go through in his life. But if Mr. Hayden had no, known how queasy that would make me, he probably wouldn't have shown it. But this guy said something really interesting. Because uh, he knew he hadn't much. He knew he didn't have much time left, the, the boy whose skin fell off. And he was saying. Uh, when he was planning for his funeral, he went coffin shopping and everything, that he wanted the Heinz ketchup logo on his coffin. And they asked him, oh, um, why was that, like, you know, your favourite thing to put on food or whatever? And he just said, no, but it'll get him talking, like. I was like, what a witty guy. What a witty guy. Like, he's been through so much. He's gone through this horrible skin condition, which is costing him his life. You know, he knows he doesn't have long left. But he's able to crack a joke like that and... <laughs> Just the wittiness of that. I'll just put the Heinz fucking ketchup logo on my coffin just to get people talking. I just thought that was that was really clever. And I think maybe I'm, I I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I was thinking like because you know it's always sad when you lose someone. It's always sad when someone dies, no matter what the circumstances are. And I don't know was that like a thing of he didn't want people to be sad so he wanted to give them or like well you know he knew people would be sad because as I say you're always sad when someone dies but was it a case of okay people are going to be sad so let's give them something else to focus on like why the fuck was there a Heinz ketchup logo on his coffin I just thought that was really funny but Mr. Hayden was a very strange teacher I keep you know I, I feel like I have to keep saying this but like not a bad guy I didn't dislike him or anything Weirdly enough, I was on a night out actually last year in the city, you know, speaking of nights out in the city, and he was there, and I was like, I want to go over and see if he remembers me, but I also kind of remember how weird he was, and I don't really want to talk to him. Um, and, yeah, it was just kind of a, he was just kind of a weird teacher, but he was saying that he wanted to show us these things 
so that we'd appreciate life more and that we could see what other people were going through and all this. And it was like, okay, pal, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're an English teacher. You know, like he was a stand-in, he was our stand-in class teacher because our actual class teacher was on maternity leave. So he was only a stand-in and he ended up just leaving. And he, then he came back randomly one day and listen, it was good to talk to him again. And when he wasn't under pressure to get the job, because I think he was, you know, being reviewed by the school to see if he was fit for the job, he seemed to calm down a bit, which was um, which was good. Because uh, you know, as as I say, he he was a, he was just he was a good guy with some interesting, just some interesting ways of going about his teaching. But yeah, that's that's where Beans has gotten me to. Like it's it you know. I like these kind of suggestions because it's something so simple and something that you might not think can lead to any type of conversation. But here we are talking about a man over in the UK who had a swear skin condition and put the Heinz ketchup logo on his coffin because he wanted to get people talking. That's a question for people, right? If you were to... Have some random thing on your coffin. Not that I want to be talking about people dying. Let's hope that it's all a very long time away that anybody has to worry about this. But if you were going to have a random logo on your coffin to get people talking, what logo would you pick? If I had to pick one, I would probably pick... Huh. I'd probably pick the... Huh. Why I'm trying to look around and look for inspiration. Maybe um Oreos. Maybe the Oreos logo. And I do like Oreos, but people would be like, Jesus, did, did Oreos mean that much to Dylan? Does he love Oreos that much that he would put them on his coffin and Yeah. Like, you know, not not a Manchester United logo, not a wrestling logo or a mixed martial arts logo or any you know music bands uh, any musicians or bands that he liked no Oreos interesting I'll leave that question out there for all of you if you could put a random logo something that means absolutely nothing to you but just something to get people talking what would you pick interesting question I think up next a suggestion from Erica who I can always count on to help me out in these situations. Erica has suggested Muff for the second topic of conversation. Now, a lot of you out there might be wondering, what is Muff? What does Muff mean? And my answer to that is, I don't know. I have no idea what this word means, where this word came from, and how I'm going to try and talk about it. However, let's give it a go. I tell a little lie there. I think I do remember where that word came from. And Erica can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but as far as I remember, this was back on some family trip, with her and her friend Lauren, who kept using the word muff, 
and people were getting very confused about it. As far as I remember, that's where the word came from. So this is an insider term that's starting to come out into the open. She can correct me if I'm wrong uh, about that, but listen, that's what I remember. Maybe I've just totally made that up, but I could have swore that was where it came from. Moth sounds like it should be a word. Like, ah, oh, jeez, I have a bit of muff in my ear there. You're really muffing me off there now. I'll muff off, will you? The famous one that has been used a lot recently is muff-tastic. But reading it on a comment on an Instagram post and saying it out loud are two very different things. I've just said muff-tastic out loud for probably the first time in my life. And it just doesn't sound right. Apologies if you just heard a little, if you heard a little fart there. I, I just I left a little boozer there. My apologies. I just left a muff of a fucking fart there. Yeah, that works. It just sounds like you're describing something kind of disgusting. To be honest, I just farted again. Oh my god, I keep farting. <laughs> Why am I farting so much? What the fuck? I'm not editing any of this out. Uh, that's one thing about me is I am not embarrassed to fart ever. There has never been once... That's a small lie. That is a small lie. There was one time where I was very embarrassed when I farted. And I don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah, no, fuck it. I've started. I may as well tell this story. So... Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a stinky one as well. Fuck me. You could probably smell it through the fucking phone or whatever you're listening to this podcast on. That was a fucking horrible one. Jesus Christ. So, I was at a New Year's party. It was New Year's 2018. So, we were going from 2017 into 2018. I was at a New Year's party at one of my uh, friends from school's house. And I fucking... Do I mention people? Yeah, I'm going to mention people by name. I don't care. There was... uh, Inesh was her name. She was from Portugal. Lovely girl. Haven't spoke to her in years. But a really, really nice girl. And... uh, yeah, she, she threw some fucking fantastic house parties. She had a great family. Her father and mother were two fantastic people. And they were just so accommodating for all these house parties. And uh, and yeah, we used to have some great times there. And it, there's still some of my favorite memories going back to these house parties. <laughs> and this was a very good one as well. And the funny thing about this house party was that I was at, I think I was at three New Year's parties for Inesha's. I think it was 2016, 2017 and 2018. So, as in, like, 2015 going into 2016, 2016 going into 2017, and 2017 going into 2018. I'm fairly sure I'm about to fart again. Ugh, there, sorry. Um, That's disgusting, I'm so sorry. But this was the 2018 one, and there was actually less of us at the 2018 one. There was only maybe six or seven of us. But looking back, it was actually one of my favourite ones. And we were playing a game of, um, oh, what was the name of the game? Essentially, the name of the game was, or the aim of the game, I should say, was that um, someone would say, who's the most likely to do this? And you would point at who you thought was the most likely to do it. Or, like, to use an example, oh, who here is the biggest fan of Manchester United? And, you know, people would point at me. Who here is the biggest lightweight, you know, in terms of drink? And you would point at someone else. You know, because thankfully it's not me most of the time. I-, I wouldn't say I can. I wouldn't say I'm a lightweight, but I can handle myself when I'm drinking more so now than when I was younger. Um, so yeah, that was happening, and I already got roasted once. 
because there was a girl there who I was very friendly with. Not that I wasn't with her or anything. I was very friendly with her. And uh, someone said... (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling the story. Someone said, who's the most obsessed with... I'm going to fucking say her name. Taylor. Fuck it. If she listens to this, I don't really care. And everyone pointed at me. And I got a bit flustered, let's just say. Um, Face probably went a little bit red. And I ended up leaving a silent but violent boozer. And because it was silent, nobody knew who the culprit was. And everyone just went... Who the fuck was that? Because the smell was horrendous. It was absolutely fucking horrendous. And I was quite embarrassed. For the first time in my life, I was embarrassed about farting. And I was like, yeah, who the fuck was that, lads? Whatever. Like, yeah. And Taylor left the room. And then I said, okay, to be honest, lads, that was me. I was just too embarrassed to say it in front of Taylor. Which was very, very embarrassing. But looking back was actually kind of funny. Not that she probably would have cared. It was just the fact that it happened when someone had to point out. Well, you know, to quote Bruce Pritchard. But yeah, we went from Muff to Dylan nearly shitting himself at a New Year's party. But Muff is a very interesting word that I think sounds like it should be a more common slang than it is. But for some reason, it's not. Interesting. That's interesting. I hope I'm right with that story as well, the origin story of that word. It's become a word that, for me, I only like it when certain people say it. There's other people that say it, and I'm like, you're not allowed to say that word. You're not You're not in on that joke. You, you just saw that it was a funny joke that other people were saying, and you're trying to join in. What are you, a fucking wannabe? Go, go fuck off. Go get your life together. I'm joking, of course. I don't really care who says it. But it is a word that um, sounds like it should be more popular than it is. Like, I've definitely, before Erica brought this to my attention, I definitely heard someone say muff before, but just didn't really think anything of it. It sounds like something that would have been in, like, a Nickelodeon show. Hey, guys, I got the muff. Did you guys get the muff? I got the muff. I don't really know what other context to use that. It just sounds like it would have been in Nickelodeon and used in kind of a... I don't know. You know, like, sometimes in these kids' shows... I don't know if they still do it now, because, you know, I'm a grown-ass man. And I don't watch those shows anymore. But... I, I, Maybe my brother and sister might be able to tell me this, because they're both young. But, you know, back in those shows, like, you know, on Nickelodeon and Disney Channel, where they'd have, like, some sort of soft drink that didn't exist in real life. It was, like, for copyright reasons they would come up with their own kind of soft drink it was like uh i think it's family guy they call they have they don't have burger king they have burger queen and they have mcdaniels instead of mcdonald's which i think is kind of funny um i i remember in in these shows on disney channel and nickelodeon they would like come up with these just fake names for soft drinks and stuff the muff hey get me a muff i'll have a muff there please if you were ever going to make a, like, you know, a parody of The Simpsons, or like a spin-off of The Simpsons, instead of Duff Beer, you could have Muff Beer. There's an idea for someone if they want to write that. I'm too lazy to write it, but if you need someone to star in it, I'll do that. If, if you'd like. 
So there you have it. Muff. I think this has been a, a muffing experience. I think this has been a muff-tastic conversation. What do you think about muff? What context do you think muff should be used in? Did you nearly shit yourself at a New Year's party before in front of a girl you liked? Please let me know on my social platforms below. Right. So I know this says three things that were suggested. But, as I finished recording this, right? So you're actually hearing the fourth suggestion before the last one. Alison, one of my friends from college, has actually sent in a topic of suggestion that... I do kind of want to talk about, right? And I am aware of how long the last uh, topic suggestion was. So let me just get this up. That's what she said. Um, why can't I find it? There it is, right? And I did kind of want to talk about this. So she has suggested the lack of Capri Suns being supplied in recent years. That is interesting, right? Because Capri Suns were... Very, very just present in my childhood, and my upbringing. They just seem to have just, they're just not there anymore. What happened to Capri Suns? I'm going to literally Google Capri Sun. Let me turn off my PlayStation as well. Because I can hear it in the background. Capri Sun. Right, let's see what comes up. Capri Sun Group, it's a German juice concentrate drink owned by Capri Sun Group Holding in Germany, which is a privately held company of Hans-Peter Wilde. It was introduced in 1969 and named after the Italian island of Capri, or Capri. Capri Sun has been distributed in the United States since 1981. Okay, so like, they do still sell them, but like, you just never see Capri Suns anymore. And I just think that's really interesting and also right this is another thing i want to touch on do you say capri sun or capri sun because i have a feeling that island in italy is pronounced capri but i would never say capri sun it's capri sun is is what i would say because that was funny because you know speaking of ali we you know me ali dara and i want to say erica as well a few of us from college we were waiting for the bus last week and something about yogurt came up and I, i i jokingly said yogurt and this caused a bit of a bit of a debate about oh do you say yogurt no i don't i said it just to be a bit just to be a bit snobby uh, cuz i i just think it's funny that people say yogurt but it's isn't it just weird how people pronounce words differently not just words like um you know <laughs> not just words about like you know foods and drinks and stuff but for example like i'm from cork right and I would say definitely. But I know people who are from Wicklow and you're know, just that that region in Leinster who say definitely. I have a relation who doesn't say apparently, they say apparently. But they're from Cork. They're from East Cork as well. They're from, you know, my neck of the woods. So it's not like it's a thing about East Cork people who say apparently. Yeah, you know, I always say apparently. I have been rinsed recently because I don't say weary, I say worry. As in, jeez, I'd be worry of that puma over there. I wouldn't say weary, I would say worry. And I've been absolutely just tearing apart for that. My mother, God love her, <laughs> used to say chimney instead of chimney. Still don't really understand where that came from. 
there's obviously some people say tomato. I say tomato. But then, like, even in America, like, for example, we say garage, but they say garage. Or how they just call things, they they call certain things completely different names to what we would call them. Like, we have the footpath, they have the sidewalk. We go to the cinema, they go to the movie theatre. What else do they say differently? Um, I suppose we go to the pub, they go to the bar. Like, we have... The, the bar for us is in the pub, but to them, the the pub is the bar. Which, you know, is, is kind of interesting. Um, do, 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 do. What other things do people say differently? Or pronounce differently? I feel like there's another really obvious one, but I can't think of it. Um, oh, God. This is going to be... Oh, yeah. So, like, we say nappies. They say diapers. Let's... Fuck it. Let's Google this. I, yes, I'm very aware that my chair is very squeaky. So things Americans say. <laughs> the first thing that come up is things Americans say are wrong. But let's just say things Americans say differently. This could be interesting. So. Okay, this is 41 things the Americans say wrong. I'm not going to say wrong. I'm just going to say differently. Okay, so yes, I agree to your fucking privacy options, Indie100.com. So, yeah, so they say a resume, we say CV, but to be fair, I, I can see why, I can see why people would say, um, oh my god, why is this so slow? I can see, like resume, I've heard people say resume here. So I'm just talking about it from an Irish person's perspective, because obviously Ireland and the UK say a lot of things very similarly, so I'm sure British people would agree with this. Number two, they say cell phone, we say mobile phone. Number three, they say call someone, we say ring someone. I would I would say I must call someone there. I I, I, I say that sometimes. Uh, they say trash can, we say bin. <laughs> AT, they say ATM, we say cash point. I'm Irish, I say ATM. I've never said cash point. I've never said I must go to the cash point. I've always said ATM. So maybe we share more of a similarity with the US there than the UK. Uh, high school, they say high school, we say secondary school, yeah, that's fair. Uh, college, okay, they say college, we say university. No, I, I wouldn't, we say college. And I would. I think people in the UK say college. Interesting. They say TV, uh, TV. They say TV, we say telly. Uh, they say elevator, we say lift. So they say first floor, we say ground floor. Second floor, third floor, blah, blah, blah. They say vacation. We say holiday. So here's something that we say differently to both the US and the UK. So they say zip code. UK says postcode. In Ireland, we have air code, which is the equivalent of a zip code or a postcode. Um, what the fuck is this? What the... Okay, it's... Z Xerox? I've never heard that word in my life. It means photocopy, apparently. How the fuck do you say that word? Xerox. I've never heard that word in my life. Apparently that means photocopy. They say sweater, we say jumper, pants, trousers, and we say boat. Um, underwear, pants, fanny pack, bum bag, cigarette, fag, gas, petrol, semi, lorry, glue stick, prit stick, sup, you are right. Yeah, this is definitely British. Uh, play hooky, skive, chip, crisp. Yeah, that's obviously... 
That's obvious. Fries, chips. We kind of say both. We say fries and chips. Cookie, biscuit. Um, yeah, there's lots here. There's lots here. Thanks, dude. Cheers, mate. We'd probably say, nice one, lad. That's probably what we'd say. Yeah. They don't have a word for maternity leave. Or a phrase for maternity leave. That's interesting. So, yeah. Isn't that interesting? We went from Capri Suns to how Americans say things differently to us. Because it's funny, like, when you talk to someone from Canada. Like, I got I got rinsed for this growing up. I always called my mother my mum. That's considered British. But in Canada, they also say mum. In America, it's mom. In Ireland, a lot of people say my mam. But I always say my mum. Maybe I'm just a wannabe Canadian. Who knows? But anyway, this was supposed to be three things, but fuck it. Let's add this in. Let's So... I know, because I've already recorded the third topic, that you're hearing this before that one, but this is the fourth topic. So, yeah, anyway, I'm I'm with the third one. And the last topic today that you have decided I will talk about is something that I, uh, I wouldn't know much about. It's not like I've done it both amateur and pro, and also have refereed in it. But it comes in from, um... A guy called James Hayes, or James Hay, if you know, you know. And he wants me to talk about wrestling? What's this wrestling that you talk about, James? I've never heard of this wrestling. Is it it some sort of fighting thing, is it? Is that what you'd be seeing? You'd see Muhammad Ali do that, would you? No, but in all seriousness, James has said wrestling, which... People should say I should skip over because, listen, I've spoke a lot about wrestling on here. I am, of course, a lifelong wrestling fan, a former pro wrestling referee, a former amateur wrestling trainee. But I'm going to talk about some different things when it comes to wrestling today. And just how fascinating wrestling is. Please don't tune out just yet, right? I know some of you are like, oh, here we go, he's going to go on about wrestling and blah, blah, blah. But no, seriously, right? You've just listened to me talk about beans and me nearly shitting myself in front of a girl that I was friends with that I kind of liked. So I think you can, you know, give me a salad, do me a salad, that sounds wrong, and listen to me talk about just how fascinating wrestling is. Not just amateur wrestling, not just pro wrestling, just wrestling in general. Isn't it mad, like, just the origins of wrestling and how it's led to what we see in you know, wrestling and mixed martial arts today. Like, I I was trying to explain to someone recently, and it was so annoying, and I don't want to mention them by name, but Ian, who is one of my best friends, I went to Fozzie with him. I went to, uh, uh, we went to Dublin together to see Fozzie, and we had a fucking blast, the two of us. Ian is honestly such a great guy. I'm so happy to call him a friend, and he's just someone who, like, I, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for this year. When I say this year, I mean the college year. And meeting Ian is definitely one of them. So big shout out to Ian. But I've been trying to explain to him that he keeps telling me that when he tries to talk about amateur wrestling, he refers to amateur wrestling as the not WWE wrestling. Because he doesn't like the fact that the real wrestling is called amateur wrestling and that the quote unquote fake wrestling is called professional wrestling. That makes no sense, Ian. As much as I love you, bud, that makes no sense. Amateur doesn't mean real. 
Sorry, amateur doesn't mean fake, and and professional doesn't mean real. Vice versa, amateur doesn't mean real, and professional doesn't mean fake. The reason one is called amateur wrestling, and one is called professional wrestling, is because there is no, no money in amateur wrestling. Just like hurling, for example. Let's look at hurling, and let's look at football, or let's call it soccer for our... American friends and, you know, Irish people who don't follow it, who call it soccer. So, for the purposes of this argument, I'm going to call it soccer. Look at the money Premier League footballers are on. I'm not going to call them soccer players, I want to call them footballers. For example, let's look at Cristiano Ronaldo. And let's look at the money he's on, playing for Manchester United. The money he's made throughout his career. Which he has earned, by the way, because he's, for me, the greatest of all time. And even if you don't think he's the greatest of all time, he's one of the greatest of all time. Look at the money that man has made playing football. He's played it for Manchester United, Real Madrid, Juventus, Sporting Lisbon, the Portuguese national team. And he's made millions upon millions, and obviously he's won everything there is to win. Then look at someone in hurling like, I don't know. I don't watch hurling these days, but growing up, let's look at someone like, uh, oh God, why can't I think of him? Joe Dean. Joe Dean, who played for Cork. Won multiple All-Irelands, one of Cork's best ever players or whatever. He didn't make a fucking dime playing hurling. Very successful in terms of what he won, but because it's an amateur sport, he didn't make a fucking dime. Hurling for me, is a harder game to play than football is, than soccer is, whatever you want to call it. I love I love soccer. Like, like that is my favourite field sport. I'm a diehard United fan. I don't miss a game. I just, if you follow me on TikTok, you'll know I, I cover all the games and I've been to Old Trafford multiple times. It's my favourite field sport. I live, eat and breathe Manchester United. I'm wearing a Manchester United jersey right now. I'm still buzzing off the fact that we beat the Leeds scum 4-2 today at Ellen Road in a very entertaining game. But I think that hurling is a very, like, in, t- in terms of, like, field sports that I've played, hurling is the toughest. Between how you play it, like, the fact you need a stick, and you have to, like, scoop the ball up a certain way, you can't just pick it up, and you can only take a certain amount of steps before you have to release the ball. It's a very difficult sport. But it's an amateur sport. Amateur is not taking away the skill you need to do it it's not taking away the the um the legitimacy of it it just means that it doesn't it's you you don't get paid or you get paid very little in amateur wrestling right gable steves uh, gable stevenson who won the olympic gold medal in wrestling uh, in the summer in tokyo he made 250 grand for winning the gold medal and that sounds like a lot of money listen i would love a one off payment of 250 grand in my bank account. But that's a one-off payment. He's not getting that a year. He's certainly not getting it a month or a week. That was a one-off payment that he worked. Well, he worked his entire life to get there. But he he worked, you know, the best part of four years to get to, get to that level. Between Olympic trials and NCAAs and, and all that. And to, to eventually, you know, make the Olympic team and, and, and win the gold medal. He got 250 grand for that. Kurt Angle who won the gold medal in 1996 with a broken fucking neck. Not a broke. I'm not even going to say a broken freaking neck, Kurt. You can censor yourself because you're an honourable guy. But you won the gold medal with a broken fucking neck. He got paid, I think it was a one-off payment of 50 grand. 
for winning the gold medal. And these are one-off payments. That's not him getting that every year. Like, he didn't get 50 grand the next year for that. That was a one-off payment, right? So that's for the amateur side of things. That's the highest thing you can achieve in amateur wrestling. The two highest things are the NCAA um, title, which is the American, the the All-American titles. And then you have the Olympic gold medal, which is... That's that's number one, because that's the whole world. That's, you know, all the the nations involved in, in wrestling in the Olympics. Now let's talk about Roman Reigns who, as of this recording, is the WWE Universal Champion, which is one of WWE's heavyweight titles. He is on roughly $5 million a year. Yes, he's doing the entertainment wrestling, theatrical wrestling, but he is on far more money than anybody doing amateur wrestling. That is why amateur wrestlers either go into pro wrestling... Mixed martial arts, or they retire. Some of them continue on to do coaching, which I'm sure there's... there's, I'd say you could make a... I I would say being an amateur wrestling coach gives you a decent living. I think you could make a decent living off of it. You're not going to be a millionaire. You're not going to be making... You know, you're not going to be buying your own island anytime soon doing that. But you could make a nice, easygoing living. A good living. Like being a teacher. You can make a nice living out of it. Maybe may not be considered rich, but you're making a good living. In pro wrestling, you can become rich. Look at The Rock. Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Look at John Cena. Look at Roman Reigns now. Look at Brock Lesnar. The money these guys make. I think Kurt Angle said in his podcast that in 2006, his, his contract with TNA, he didn't give an exact number. But TNA, who at that stage were only four years old, and they are the not the biggest wrestling promotion in the world, but the second biggest, or excuse me, in North America, but essentially if you're the second biggest in North America, you're the second biggest in the world. He was um, making seven figures on a contract with a promotion that's not even the biggest in its own country. It's the second biggest. They weren't even touring back then, TNA. TNA weren't touring back then. TNA were in the Impact Zone every week in Universal Studios in front of about 500 people. But Kurt Angle was on a seven-figure contract. This man who did amateur wrestling, and a funny story, if, if some of you don't know this about Kurt Angle, if you don't know who Kurt Angle is, which is very unlikely, Kurt Angle is a professional wrestling and amateur wrestling legend. He, as I said, won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck in 1996. And then was approached by WWF at the time uh, to get a contract for, hear me out, right? Hear this. A $10 million contract with WWE, WWF at the time. So he won 50 grand winning a gold medal with a broken neck in real wrestling. But then in entertainment wrestling, pro wrestling, he got offered a $10 million contract guaranteed it's like you know that's the guarantee if you work more you make more and kurt angle turned it down at the time because he said that because of his amateur background and because he just won a gold medal he told vince i could never lose i can never lose this and he walked away from the contract and kurt angle said himself he was brainwashed because there is maybe not so much these days but there back then there was a big apathy towards pro wrestling from amateur wrestling they didn't like that the the fake wrestling got the attention that you know was taking away from amateur wrestling they felt but 
you know, they just thought it was fake fighting and just a bunch of stunts. They didn't realize there's psychology involved. They didn't realize that there's, you know, storylines and characters and, you know, there's there's a huge physical aspect to it. Listen, it's a show. It's it's not a real fight. It, it is, you know, choreography, but it's, it's you know, it, it's it's a brutal form of entertainment. It's a brutal industry, especially back then. And isn't it just amazing that, you know, he walked away from a contract there, but two years later, he flicked on a channel and uh, WWE Raw was on, and he went, fuck, this actually looks quite fun, and he became a big fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he rang the headquarters of WWE, and it was Jim Ross, who was the head of talent relations at the time, one of the best WWE and wrestling commentators of all time, you know, arguably the greatest, and he asked him, here, listen, does that contract, is that contract offer still there? And JR said, no, but... You know, you can come down and try out like everybody else. And he had to go through developmental. And, and to be fair to Kurt Angle, he said he's glad he went down that route. He's glad he didn't take the $10 million guaranteed contract because it made him work for all the things that he achieved in wrestling. You know what I mean? Um, And, yeah, I just think that's really fascinating that Kurt Angle, one of the greatest amateur wrestlers of all time, he's in Dan Gable's Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um the story he had of going into pro wrestling and people don't realize pro wrestling has done so much for amateur wrestling like i got into amateur wrestling because of pro wrestling because i saw two of the greatest amateur wrestlers of all time kurt angle and brock lesnar you know go to wwe after they did so much in the amateur wrestling scene like brock lesnar is a former ncaa division one heavyweight champion two-time all-american um and kurt angle ncaa champion and olympic gold medalist it's you know i it's it's you know Pro wrestling has done so much for amateur wrestling that you don't even realize. I feel like a lot of people just don't realize that. They think that there's still this bitter feud. I'm not saying that everybody in amateur wrestling wants to be a pro wrestler, but it gives amateur wrestlers an avenue to go down and make lots of money after their amateur career is over. Alternatively, if these amateur wrestlers think that the entertainment side of things is not for them and they want to keep that competitive nature, they can now go into mixed martial arts where wrestling is one of the most important if not the most important aspect and martial arts to have going into mixed martial arts like a lot of the best mixed martial artists of all time had fantastic wrestling habib gsp you know let's put brock lesnar in there um i want to count conor mcgregor but conor's conor's wrestling's fine his wrestling's good but it's not amazing it's okay it's okay it's probably a little bit better than mine because of the training he had compared to the training I've had. <laughs> you know, it's a bit more upper cl- or top class than mine, but Connor's main discipline wasn't wrestling. You know what I mean? Uh, ben Askren, before he went to UFC, was a great wrestler. Uh, you know what I mean? So a lot of the greatest mixed martial artists ever had fantastic wrestling. And the thing about wrestling is, lads, whether you're doing it amateur or pro, it fucks up your neck. Like, people know about my neck issues. A lot of that is down to wrestling. The reason I have such a fucked neck um, it's literally called wrestler's neck. You know, Kurt Angle broke his neck in the uh, Olympic trials in 1996, and broke his neck. I want to say five more times. Uh, pro wrestling, which is just fucking crazy. The fact the man can still walk. I'll be meeting Kurt Angle in April when he comes to Cork, so I'm very, very excited for that. Just one of my absolute heroes, and and not just in wrestling, but just in life. I just think his story is very inspiring. And just goes to show that, you know, your mistakes shouldn't define you. Because that's one thing about Kurt Angle. But 
yeah, listen, that, that's a story for another day. I'll t- I will do a whole show about when I meet Kurt Angle, and uh, I will dedicate a whole episode to Kurt Angle. And listen, if he wants to come on this show, Kurt, you're more than welcome, man. You're more than welcome to come on this show if you'd like. I'd love nothing more than to have uh, an hour-long conversation with Kurt Angle. That would be fantastic. But it's just fascinating about wrestling. You know, like, going back to what Ian was saying about, you know, how you know, amateur wrestling, fuck's sake, like, that's, you know, that's the real one, yet it's called amateur wrestling. He doesn't realize that pro wrestling doesn't derive from amateur wrestling. Pro wrestling derive, derives from catch wrestling, or catch-as-catch-can wrestling, which, funnily enough, is the same thing that mixed martial arts derives from. So, I, I can already tell him after boring some people to sleep with all this, but it's just fascinating that wrestling... The history of wrestling is just so interesting. The fact that we have two routes to go down. We have the amateur wrestling route and the pro wrestling route. And they obviously have crossed over many, many times. But pro wrestling derives from catch-as-catch-can wrestling. So a lot of the mo- a lot of the moves you see in pro wrestling are catch-wrestling moves. And, you know, Dan O'Mahony from, from Cork, he invented the Irish whip, which is, you know, which you see in pro wrestling is when one wrestler throws another wrestler to the ropes or into the corner. Dan O'Mahony invented that move as a, as a real move. Like, so... That's shoot wrestling, shoot style, which is, uh, you know, if you have a shoot injury, that's a real injury. But if you have a worked injury, that that's the fake injury. You know what I mean? I, when it comes to the word fake as well, right? And this is something I want to talk about with wrestling. Fake is a word I always would have found very insulting as a wrestling fan and as a wrestler going, you know, when I was training in wrestling and being a wrestling referee. Fake was a word that used to always really annoy me. But then I realized, lads... You call, you can call wrestling a lot worse things than fake. Like at the end of the day, it is it's it's not real. It's it's not a real fight. It's not a, a legitimate competition. There is competition there in terms of there can only be one WWE champion, there can only be one universal champion, like there can only be one champion of each title, but it's not the same as winning a UFC title or a boxing title or it's not the same as winning the Premier League title even. It it's different. Like it's not it's not a normal sport. It's sports entertainment. It's it it's it's theatrical. It's entertainment. It's brutal. It takes a huge toll on your body, and I can tell you that better than anybody else. Maybe not better than anybody else, but I can tell you that more than some other people can. And it definitely deserves a lot more respect. I was talking, you know, last week, you know, about what Michael Bisping said about wrestling. That's totally fine. As I said, I can understand more now why someone doesn't get wrestling. I I I, I can get that right, but. Wrestling is just... The word fake doesn't insult me anymore. I, I've i started kind of going, look, whatever, yeah, it is fake. It is fake. Fake in the sense that it's not a real fight, but not... You know, obviously it takes a toll on your body. So the word fake, I'm like, look, listen, whatever. Because if, if I say, no, no, it's not fake, it's, it's predetermined, it's scripted, that just sounds like I'm trying to hide something. And if someone says to me, oh, wrestling, that's all fake, I go, yeah, it is, it is, but it's entertainment. It's not there to be it, it's not there to convince people that it's real it's not there to be real it's there to be entertainment you know my thing about wrestling now is that i think i realize lads i'm i'm the, the kevin matthews thing has gone i've gone on and on about it but i think that was a moment where i realized i'm too old to be arguing with a 37 year old man about a fictional match that's not even happening in a fake sport in a promotion that nobody even watches. With all due respect to this man and his career, because I'm going to separate the art and the artist for now, I'm sure he's done some cool things, Kevin Matthews. He's wrestled for AEW. Listen, fair play to you, man. The fact that you got rattled by 
a skinny, fat, 23-year-old Irish referee who's not even the main referee on the island. That kind of says more about you than it does about me. And the fact you got rattled about me joking about refereeing a match that's not even happening in a promotion that nobody watches in a sport that's not even real. Says an awful lot. So, yeah, I I just realised I'm a bit too old to be getting angry about things happening in this business. I love watching old pay-per-views. I said that since I've left wrestling and left pro wrestling, that is. I can watch stuff that I loved or that I watched growing up back and just love it for what it is. I know Brock Lesnar won the WWE title again this weekend and a lot of people aren't happy about it. Personally, I am because I love Brock. And listen, I'm, I'm very I'm very excited for WrestleMania. I was very excited for the Royal Rumble and it was a bit of a letdown. But as history has shown in the past, normally when the Rumble is shit, WrestleMania is great. I don't watch week-to-week wrestling. I didn't even watch the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. But I'm very excited for WrestleMania. But a few years ago, that would have really put me in bad form. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, Brock's the champ again. Why aren't the why aren't the, the real wrestlers? Why aren't the real wrestlers being given the title? Give them the strap. I could book this better. Now, I do love a good fantasy booking, don't get me wrong. And I probably will try one again on here soon. But, you know, I used to get really angry. Like, why aren't they giving the title to Finn Balor? Why aren't they giving the title to AJ Styles? And then I realised, I I can't be getting angry about this. I just can't. It's entertainment. It's 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 TV. It's fiction. I have no reason to get angry about this anymore. So, yeah, I I I've, I've taken a step back from it. I don't watch the the, the modern. There's very few things in the modern world of wrestling that get me excited. I've spoke about this time and time again. One thing I'm very grateful for, though, lads, honestly, it's it's the memories wrestling has given me throughout my life. Like, Undertaker, for example, is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame um, WrestleMania weekend in his home state of Texas. I have the Undertaker symbol tattooed onto my leg. And people have asked me, oh, do you regret getting that tattoo because you don't watch wrestling much now? No, because when the Undertaker retired, I lost a little bit of love for wrestling, for modern wrestling. That's where I kind of went, even though he wasn't around as much, I was like, wow, he's kind of the last guy that's, you know, done, that I'm, that you know, that, that I really loved, um, for who was there from when I started watching till now. And I know Sting's back, but Sting's only kind of doing, you know, here and there with AEW, and listen, all the fucking loving the world for Sting. But I don't, like, that tattoo represents a huge part of my life and a huge part of my upbringing. And so many fond memories that I can still... I can still play old wrestling games and enjoy them the way I did when I was younger. I can still watch back... When I say old shows, I literally mean shows from two years ago. I'm not just talking about shows from 13, 14 years ago. I literally mean two or three years ago. Wrestling in the pandemic was, for me, was a bit tough to get through. There were some good moments, don't get me wrong. I loved WrestleMania. What was the 2020 WrestleMania? What WrestleMania was that? Was that 36? Yeah, that was 36. I loved that WrestleMania. The stadium stampede match was great. You know, all that stuff was fucking great. Like, the cinematic stuff I really enjoyed. But I know recently on AEW, I I gave it a go because I went, fuck it, like, let's just see. There was this guy called Brody King who got, uh, who debuted, who got, like, revealed as, like, a big surprise. And I was like, I don't, he's just, he's big and he's got tattoos. Cool. The I wasn't excited for it. He didn't really wow me much. And listen, 
God bless the guy. All the best to him. Hope he fucking kills it. Hope he becomes a world champion. Hope he makes all the money in the world. Um, you know, in in that company and and all that. But like CM Punk returning was such a huge moment for me. If you go back onto my TikTok, you can hear me reacting to that moment. Like that moment that brought out the teenage the teenager and you know that the teenage Dylan came out, you know, at that stage because CM Punk is someone who I've idolized, who I, who I, especially as a teenager, just idolized. He was someone who I, I absolutely loved growing up, and he's still a big inspiration to, for me to this day. But as much as I love that moment, I can still go back and watch it. You know, he's feuding with MJF now, who's you know a very good up and coming heel. But I just the excitement just isn't there for me. You know, I. I have become that casual viewer, which I never thought I would become. So, yeah, my status with wrestling is that I still love it, especially the old stuff. And by old, I literally mean everything from 2020 and beforehand. The modern stuff just isn't really doing it for me right now. But I know one day it will come back. I lost it a bit in 2013. I've spoke about that story many times. I, I lost that passion a little bit back in 2013. Uh, and I took a little bit of a break from it. And then, you know, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville had that match at NXT TakeOver or Evolution 2014. And I was right back in. So I'm sure it will happen again. I know OTT have a huge show coming up next month. Uh, Scrappermania, which Rob Van Dam is going to be a part of. Unfortunately, I can't make it. I'm just too busy with college work. But that's really cool. And you know, RVD is someone who I've absolutely loved growing up. So stuff like that's really great. Meeting Kurt Angle, who's ab- who's one of my absolute heroes and a staple of my years as as a diehard wrestling fan. I can't wait to meet him, and he's a big reason why I got into amateur wrestling and a huge inspiration in my life. Modern wrestlers now, like Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins, like I can still watch their stuff and enjoy it, but I. I'll watch, it, I'll, I'll watch a show, but I'll only watch it for them. You know what I mean? I'll watch a show for a certain wrestler or for a certain match. You know, that's where I'm at with wrestling right now. And I'm very excited for WrestleMania. Very excited for, you know, I get very excited for the big shows. And, uh, and yeah, that's just where I'm at with wrestling. So, James, thank you so much for that suggestion, my friend. It's allowed me to get a lot off my chest. And I'm sure majority of people have probably tuned out by now. But anyway, lads, thank you so much for the suggestions for the topics this week. It's great to be able to do... <coughs> I was fighting back that cough for ages. My apologies. It's great to be able to do stuff like this. I definitely will do this again. This has been a lot of fun. Next time, you're not allowed to mention anything that you know I like. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. So I won't be talking about wrestling or MMA or football or anything like that. It has to be something that I don't have a fucking clue about. Thankfully, I know enough about beans to get through a conversation. Muff, I was able to use my imagination. And wrestling, well, it's always been a part of me and it always will be. Until this Friday, lads, I will talk to you all later. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Straight Outta Klein. This Friday, we have our first ever guest to appear on the show which is going to be very exciting and I hope you all enjoy that episode when it reaches your ears.